Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about a uh, evil genius in love. And that's evil genius. It's evil. Genius. I don't know. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there, ladies and gents. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? This is Dave Slusher. This is The Evil Genius, show number I Don't Know, recorded for January 22nd, 2014. <clears throat> First, the business. The show is not kid safe, not work safe. It is Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial attribution 3.0. The theme music is provided by the general readers. The bandwidth is provided by Cashfly. This show is sponsorable via Backbeat Media. You can Google them. You can find them. And if you say, I'd like to sponsor this show, uh, they'll do it. Uh, I'm always willing. There, Like I say, there is no such thing as selling out, only selling too cheap. Um, don't want to spend an enormous time talking about the gap in the podcast. Uh, I had been doing so well since the dog days of summer. And I do believe, I want to say uh, that I've done at most one episode since the new job. I maybe have not even done a single episode since the new job. Um, Partly this is just because um, it's just taking a little time to integrate this job in my life. Now this is not in a a bad way. There is in no way any problem of this. It's just all different. Every aspect of this is just so different. And, uh, you know, I had kind of carved out in my life, uh, I'd carved out a routine, a habitual way to do this, right? Where uh, once a week or every other week I would go to the comic shop and on the road I would record a show. Fantastic. And I did that for a very long time. And in the weeks where I didn't go to the comic shop, I'd find myself a quiet place at my lunch hour and record. Well, I don't actually have a lunch hour per se as it was anymore. And I don't go to the comic shop every week or every... It's getting close to once a month because it's a little far from where I live. And so I just got to find a new habit. And it's weird. It was like years and years to get to the habit I had had. And then I upset the apple cart and I got no habit. And I'm just adrift. And that's where I'm at. Um, So I'm going to get back on track. We'll figure it out. Uh, I appreciate the patience. Uh, I really was so proud of myself for having podcasted weekly for... How long did I do it? From the, I mean, it was daily through July or or August. Daily through August and then weekly since then until I changed jobs and then boom, nothing. Nothing, honey. Um, But I'm back in. And so a little bit about the new job. um, It's just such a, I don't really want to demean the old job, which I'm not going to tell you about, but it's a large a large company you have heard of that uh, is not a public company anymore, but maybe used to be, but I'm not naming names. <laughs> and, uh, 
everything about that job that I was in just just stopped being the fit for me. You know, it just it just wasn't the place for me anymore. It was at one point, and then it wasn't. And it was just time to go. And uh, emphasizing the, that fact is that I received a letter that said, oh, by the way, we screwed up your last check. We paid you too much, and we need you to write us a check and send it back to us. And I thought, that is just so typical <laughs> of the failure of execution of the simplest fucking aspects of this job that... I'm not happy to write this four-figure check to this company I don't even work for anymore. I'm not happy about it, but it's just, it just seemed so consistent. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not ha- to say I'm not happy is a, mis- is, is a ridiculous understatement. I'm pissed off. I have to write them a check because they dropped the ball on doing their simplest aspect of job, which is shutting off my paycheck. I put in my notice just fine. I did everything just fine. I didn't, I didn't leave on one day and that was it. I gave the two weeks and I did everything. And that the company did not, aspects of the company did not do what they were supposed to. And then it's on me to fix it. We fucked it up. You fix it. And I thought that's very much like working there. Quitting there is very much like working there. I'm unhappy. Uh, uh, I'm unhappy. I'm writing a check I don't want to write and mailing it to them, but. It seems right. It seems consistent. It seems uh, familiar. So there you go. But the new job, um, I was hired in. It's a little weird because I was hired into the expert services group of this company. And this has happened multiple times as I'm meeting people. Um, I guess there's this notion inside the company, and I was not even aware of this dynamic until I got in there and started working and started meeting people, that this company would be kind of like a upgrade path in people's careers. So the fact that me and my partner that hired in the same day, they're not my partner, we don't even work on the same team, but I, I think of them as partner because we go to a, we've been to a lot of training things at the same time, right? Because we're on the same, basically the same training cadence. So uh, a little story about him a little later, but we, so we started, both of us hired it directly into here. And there's a notion that we've got a bunch of guys that would love to move up to that. And so why are you hiring guys straight in there instead of, instead of growing your own? And that's a fair concern, but it's not, it's not my concern, right? I just was offered a job and I took it, right? So I, I don't feel any kind of survivor guilt <laughs> from this. But what that did do to me is it sort of gave me a, uh, gave me a feeling of responsibility to the guys who didn't get hired, right? Who I work with, right? They're my coworkers, but, and who might have liked this job and might even have been good at this job, but didn't get an opportunity because I took the job, right? So what that says to me is I need to, I need to have my shit together. I need to do the job that is uh, worthy of me having been hired at. I've got a level of responsibility to everyone. And uh, it's, give, it's a very, it might even be a slightly negative motivation, but I think it's a positive, it, it works around to a positive thing, right? It, it definitely, um, it definitely the end result of that is some self-actualization, right? I'm doing things, uh, I'm doing things that people are not telling me, but because uh, I, I, I'm self-directing, right? I say, this is, what if I were the most competent guy possible? What would the most competent guy possible do? 
Okay, let me do that too. I'm not really the most competent guy. But suppose I pretended to be. How could I, how would, how could I affect that? And uh, so I'm doing some of that. And uh, it, it, but it, 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 it gives me a level of pressure on myself. And the interesting thing about this job is part of the reason it was time to go at the old one is because through some moves, through some decisions I made and moves I made inside the company, uh, I did the wrong thing. And I ended up in the wrong role and uh, I was escaping one group and I, I, I made mistakes. And so I was ended up doing work that was just not the work I wanted to do. Right. I was having to basically, I was doing almost tech, tech support work, which is not what my, you know, not my strong suit. Some people have that as a strong suit and I love them. The IT guys at this new company, that is their strong suit. They're so good at it and it's what they want to do. They're, it makes them happy to do that. It doesn't make me happy. Not my, not my thing. So, um, it's so completely opposite of this new company and I can't, I, I'm, being circumspect because I don't want to leak out information that needs to not be leaked. But uh, one of the very first projects I'm on is a very large company. I involved going in and kind of doing some stuff with them. And uh, at the point where, where I walked into the company, I'm on site with my, with my guy and my, my guys, my team of guys, uh, all of whom I'm meeting for the first time except for, for Chuck, who, who I've mentioned is you know, my team lead. And uh, we walk in there and I'd been with the company, I think that was the beginning of my fourth week or possibly my fifth week uh, at the point where I'm on site with the customer. And I'm trying to not let on that I'm nervous and I'm asking, so what is my role? Do you just want me to absor- observe and absorb? Am I, you don't want me to take it? You want me to be the official note taker? I mean, I'll do any role that you want. I would like to kind of understand a little bit my boundaries, like you know, I'm the, ju- I'm the junior guy. Uh, so, so I just don't want to, I don't want to get out of line. Right. I, I don't want to get out of line at the same time. I don't want to be afraid to participate. I just want to know. And I was left a little open-ended, right? It's like, just do, you know, what feels good. <laughs> Basically do what, do it. You know, if you think it's something, do, do it. And so I ended up participating and this is a, this is a large this is a figure with the, the contract of this company with my company has a lot of zeros in it, right? So it's not a trivial thing. And I'm new hire guy, fresh meat. Uh, and we're in there and I, and I'm talking in the meeting and nobody's giving me the skunk eye. And my, some of my suggestions are taken and people are listening to me. And I'm like, holy shit. I have been given, I've been given my leash <laughs> instead of being on the leash I've been handed the leash and told to go where I want to go and now it's on me to go to the right place and I was like oh my god and it felt like it just felt like this beautiful freedom it felt like being let out of the cage I, mean, I felt like you know it felt like getting out of prison it felt like uh, you know I don't know did any of the kids in Flowers of the Attic ever make it out you know, you've been locked in the closet. Harry Potter under the stairs. I've never read it. Harry Potter book. Yeah, Harry Potter under the stairs, and now you're out in the sunlight. That's what I felt like. I was like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I wanted to do, and I'm being allowed to do it. And then I was given, then I was allowed to do a lot of the work on the prototype. And I thought, holy shit, man, this is a gift I have been given that I'm allowed to do this stuff. And uh, the first, I didn't do every demo, but the first demo of what we had done to the customer, I gave. 
and I was I was trying not to let on that I was a little nervous, but I did it. And it's like I'll do anything, you know. And I want to step up. I want so hard to step up. And uh, in a lot of ways, that's making me uh, a better, better employee. But more than an employee, let me get to the, let me close on this section with this thought, which is, I have always done best. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, maybe brutally honest and if possible that Chuck listens to this. So I, I, I hate to sh- tip too much of my hand, but I may not be the best employee in the world in the sense that, uh, for example, when I interviewed with Home Depot many years ago to be in their I, the software department, which would have been, I think, developing call center software or not the sexiest stuff, but you know, I don't always do the sexiest stuff. What I did the last seven years was not the sexiest stuff, but I enjoyed it quite often. Um, but as far as what, one of the things they said is the, the, the bleeding, the bleeding orange, like I'm going to be on, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, and I got the offer too. I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to bleed orange. <laughs> I don't want to. They were, they were so proud of the fact that every one of their, everyone in the company goes and spends two weeks in a store. And all I could think is that's why no one ever knows where shit is when I go to Home Depot particularly this one right by the corporate headquarters in Vinings, is because some knucklehead from accounting is working the floor wearing the apron, and that's why he doesn't know where the fucking nails are, and it takes me an hour to get out of there. Fuck this place. So that's why I did not work at Home Depot. It's like, I'm not going to bleed orange. So sometimes I have a hard time getting on board with the company as a whole, which is why I really prospered and excelled in a couple of the startups because in this case, here's where I do excel, is in my team. My set of guys and girls that are my group, my band of brothers and sisters, my my people. And this is not, you know, this doesn't expand that far. We're talking, you know, 20 people would be probably the most I could feel this way about. You know, typically, you know, I'm on a team within a group I don't know how you even the terminology, but so my team is like four people, five people. And then there's a group and there's maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 people in that group. Probably that group is the largest I could feel this way for, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be the best employee for the company of 13, 1400 people. I'm trying to be the best teammate for the team of, you know, five people and the group of 20 people. I don't want to, whenever I do my best work, it's because there's somebody I want to not let down and somebody who, who I feel I owe it to them to bring, bring, <laughs> what is it they said on, uh, Jay Smoove said on, uh, to bring the ruckus to my group, right? These couple guys, these are the ones, these are the ones I care about and I'm going to make things happen for them because they're, they're my people. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about this is I'm on this, I'm, you know, it, it, it's hard to, and, and at the previous company um, whose name of the company is the last name of the founder, um, there was a lot of cult of personality where you're supposed to really care about the founder. And I did not care about the founder. And I'm not motivated by what the founder wants. And I don't really give a shit about the founder or what the founder thinks or what the founder does and I don't buy into that cult of personality so if your company is directed around a cult of personality that's never I'm never going to get up in the morning and think hey what can, what can I do that will make this billionaire uh, get 1% richer that, that doesn't do anything for me but when I say oh 
this guy really needs me to do this. And if I don't do this, I'm going to let everyone down. And uh, they trusted me and they, it matters to everyone. They, they thought I was the kind of guy who could do this. And now I have to make sure that I don't sell out that trust they had in me. And it's on my shoulders. And even though I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing here, I've got four hours to fix a problem. This happened yesterday. There was a problem. And uh, it was basically on me because everybody else was out of pocket. And I didn't know what to do. And uh, I was like, oh, I had multiple options. And it was like sweating. And I tried to help. you know. And so I had to take ownership. I had no, I had no fallback opportunity. And I took ownership of it and tried to push it in every possible direction. And I found a resolution uh, minutes before it needed to happen. And I was bricking shits. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was was a hard day. But I got it done. And I didn't let anyone down. And that was what was driving me the whole time. Right? I don't want to let anyone down. I I don't want the customer to think less of my team. Because we're going in there and I'm there to make everyone look good myself and everyone and uh let me expand on this i'm uh, at first half of the trip here let me expand on this thought when i go and i'll tie this into having watched uh mad men so i had a long agenda this is what happens when you go for a while with that show you get a long agenda and you don't make it past one or two things because you got a backlog so uh more on this thought when i i get back in the car all right, I'm back. So to continue with that point, let me talk a little, digress a bit into Mad Men. Um, I've been watching Mad Men. I've watched five or six episodes of season one. Um, it's one of many show, many highly notable shows that I haven't never seen a minute of, like uh, Breaking Bad. I've never seen a frame of Breaking Bad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I just, for some odd reason, I got a wild hair up my ass. Install, uh, signed up for the Netflix uh, trial account. I'm still in my free 30 days, mainly because, honestly, if I had TV watching time, I'd rather be watching Justified, right? I'd rather just get to commit to one show, binge watch until it's done, move to another show. Um, but Amazon uh, Justified is not on Netflix. It's only on Amazon Instant Video. And Amazon Instant Video doesn't work on my Nexus 7, or Amazon keeps trying to break it or whatever. I guess non-Kindle Fire uh, tablets, they kind of have this war on instant video where they don't want it to work on there. I don't know. They keep, it works, and then they change something, and you have to do another hack to get it back on, etc. So the only way that I can watch Amazon Instant Video right now is to watch it on my laptop in the same, uh, you know, in the same, uh, well, I could watch it on my TV, but generally, uh, my, when everyone's asleep, it's way easier to watch on the tablet. Let's say I could watch it on my TV. What I really want to do is watch it on the tablet. And Netflix is easy. Amazon Instant Video is hard. So just on a wild hair, I decided to watch some Mad Men. And I like the me. I posted about this on Google+. I like it. But God damn, the milieu is shocking with the racism and the sexism and the, you know, just the bizarre behavior. That this is in living memory and it seems like a a foreign... (laughs) It seems... uh, unthinkable that people lived like this you know 50 years ago i almost was alive for some of this i think by the later seasons they will hit the area where i was alive for it you know i may have been a baby but i was alive and oh my god it's shocking and but the thing that gets me most is the dynamics of the team inside the ad agency and how that's different from the dynamics of the team i was just talking about because it's weird how you go in with these groups of people and 
it's not only the client that could smell the fear and you know sense the blood in the water, but it's every other guy on your team is waiting to tear you apart. And everybody there is waiting to fire you, fire you if you're under them or move up to your job if you're over them. And it's unbelievably uh, shark-like, you know? It's unbelievably uh, competitive in the worst way. And so you need people to have your back. At the same time, you're willing to throw them to the wolves in a moment's notice and or uh, stab them in the back if it, lets, if it advances your own career. And it seems like such a horrible, horrible way to live. And it seems... What, what really gets to me is I don't even really have a grasp on how you could find any of that motivational. To me, now bearing in mind I'm a product of a different era, so you know I'm a, I'm a plant that grew in different soil, but I don't even see how you could be motivated to get up and do that job in that kind of environment. You know, I've, I've been in more and less, more functional and more dysfunctional work environments and the more dysfunctional it gets, the less I even want to show up, right? So I can't, like, this, this notion that if you, you know, that you could be fired in a moment's notice, you could have one bad meeting and get fired because of it, right? You could do one thing like that and get fired or, you know, the people are, you know, waiting to tear apart everything you do. It's so non-supportive, not non-supportive, it's anti-supportive. It, and... It, it's kind of horrifying. And so that kind of puts in stark relief what I was just saying about, you know, being basically internally motivated because I want to do, I want to do the thing everyone else around me needs done, right? Whether or not I don't want to do the thing my boss told me to do or I don't want to do, you know, there, there, there's these levels of, of, there's these levels of competence, right? One is, you know, you're incompetent and you can't do anything. And then there's a, that you can do, uh, you can carry out your instructions. And, you know, that's not a bad, it's not a bad employee, right? But it's not the best because the best ones anticipate what needs to be done and just do it, right? And it can be, get tricky because in, in like that bad men type environment, if you do that, I, I mean, within these episodes I've watched, a, a guy did that. A guy took the initiative, did the thing that say, basically did the thing that needed to be done, but because it, he, it was out of line and not his place to do it, and he was not authorized to do it and was not told to do it, he got fired. And then he got unfired, but he got fired for essentially doing what needed to be done. Because it was more important to them to maintain the order, the, the order and the status quo and the pecking order and the chain of command. That is more important than maintaining the account and, and keeping the customer happy, right? Keeping the guys in line was more important to them than keeping the money and keeping the client. And that's just so foreign to my way of thinking. It's foreign to my way of thinking, and it's horrible. I'm going to keep watching Mad Men, but these are horrible people doing horrible things. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. And what my post in Google Plus said, basically... I know that I know I have seen people that treated it aspirationally. You know, like they went, "Hey, I wish I could be like this." Other than wearing the suits and maybe drinking some of the cocktails uh, at a far lower rate, let's say than they do. But other than stuff like that, who could possibly want to be any part of this? It's a dystopia to me, right? 
a, a, a utopia, one of the definitions of utopic fiction is, you, or a utopia is, you would be in that society, even if you couldn't pick, you could be any member of that society, even if you couldn't pick, and you would be happy. I think a dystopia would be, you'd be any member of that society and be unhappy, no matter who it is. Be, you know, you'd be Don Draper, you're going to be unhappy. You know, you'd be Sterling or Cooper, you're still going to be unhappy. It's, it's a miserable, a miserable place. So anyway, enough about all of that. Um, I only got a few minutes because I'm bailing in the middle here. I'm, I don't get to go out and about at lunchtimes every day. So uh, today was just the day with an open calendar, and I had a hard day yesterday, so I'm treating myself to a, a lunch out. <sighs> have I had – I don't believe I've had a lunch out. I definitely have not had a solo lunch out. I may have had one or two lunches out in the last two months. And uh, so I'm just going to go to Magnolia's and eat some good country buffet. But uh, – <sighs> Just a few quick, timely things. Good, clean, fun came back. Since the, I did my last episode, there's been two episodes of Good, Clean, Fun. And I signed up as a uh, monthly donor to the Good, Clean, Fun show. Although, uh, I need to know, I never did send an email saying, well, you know, don't forget, guys, that although I'm donating to, to the Rock and Roll Geek account, this is, tally this one in the Good, Clean, Fun bucket. Because uh, I think they had said something that if they get 100 bucks a week, they would do a show every week. And I emailed them and I said, why don't you just say every time you get a hundred bucks, you'll do a show. And, you know, if that's every three days, do two a week. Or I think at that point, I think at that point, Jasper's half of it means he could not do a shift at his old Navy job. And so basically you're buying, you're buying one of his shifts back from him and you get a show out of it. And that to me seems completely fair. And I'm willing to put 20 bucks a month into that bucket. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of shows. Now, I've been flattering shows, and I've been, you know, supporting shows, and I buy, uh, you know, I buy some T-shirts. I wore my Caribbean Free Radio sh- sh- shirt the other day. May it rest in peace. I missed that show. Um, but uh, I've never signed up to do And a lot of shows now, you could do the PayPal thing. Uh, Good, clean, fun is the only one I've ever done. And uh, I just love that show so much. I love these guys. And uh, it just always 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 makes my day better all right i'm getting off the interstate um i hope to be back sooner uh you know i don't want to go so long between shows but anyway feedback dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org at a whole over the christmas holiday had a whole hosting clusterfuck i didn't even get into hopefully everything's all right the pod hopefully this podcast comes down to anyone because the hosting was so bollocksed bollocksed with an x and bollocksed with a o-c-k-s it's both of them and uh, there you go. Feedback, Dave, at evilgeniuschronicles.org. The show notes at evilgeniuschronicles.org, unless I'm fucked on the website again. And uh, sponsored by the love in my heart for you. And I just took the wrong exit. The wrong exit. Oh. And let me do the butler. Oh. So anyway, too much podcasting, not enough driving. Uh, don't forget, I love you. Bye.